Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. Thank you, everybody. And I'd love to welcome my guest today. So, uh, Deanne, Deanna, Deanne, I, I looked and I blinked at the same time. And then, so her name is Deanna and not Deanne. And uh, Deanne and I have been, I want to say working together because there's been a little, a uh, little me, a little you back and forth, um, just such a valuable resource in my life. And um, I'm so grateful that we get to share community often. And um, and I, I really do believe that's a testament to your wholehearted commitment. Like I, I de- every time I turn around, like you are like, I'm in that group. I am there. I am do, I'm in it. And she's and not just as she like, I signed up. No, she's in it. Like number one fan. It tells me so on Facebook. It's like this girl comments and engages all the time. And your shit is so real and awesome. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so inspired by how you show up every day with a toddler and an infant and all the other things you're going to tell us about. So uh, feel free to unmute and, um, and let's get the Deanna party started. So let me just, awesome. Wow, that is uh, quite the intro. I hope I can uh, step into those shoes that are uh, in front of me. Um, well, uh, you know, it's funny when I look back on the journey of Deanna over the last five years because there's been such a transformation. Um, you know, I don't want to, I, I could probably go deep, deep into this, but I'll try to do as Cole's notes of aversion as I can. But um, I was born and raised in Toronto. I started acting at the age of 10. Um, so I, needless to say, I've been in a, in, in a, in a competition world <laughs> for a very long time. Um, with that came, you know, I had body image issues. I had a mom who got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was uh, three or four, three years old. So she'd been in the hospital four months. So I had all of these things weighing on me. And my goal was just uh, getting through. I was a follower as a people pleaser, never wanted to rock the boat. I really didn't know who I was as I look back retrospectively. We all have our journey through our um, adolescence and our growing years that you know we grow from. And I certainly have grown from that and, and, and moved forward with that. And, and I'm grateful for every left turn and right turn and up down and fall down that I experienced. But um, it, you know, fast forward into my uh, mid 20s, uh, I was a broken, broken actor living in Toronto, working about five jobs so I could make it as an actor, then booking, a, not even booking the job yet, like getting an audition and having serious anxiety and stress about how the heck I was going to work my jobs around it. Oh, you know, those jobs I decided to take that I could throw away in case I got my big break, but I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> how do I do that? I don't want to upset the work. I don't want to upset the boat. Um, so needless to say, I was working probably including my acting, my performances, you know, you know, as Dion says, there's part of me that hasn't changed of that, like just wanting to be part of everything and soak in as much as I can. That was the me. I couldn't say no. So I'm working like 60 plus hours a week. Yes. Being able to do some stuff that I love. I worked at second city, not on the stage, but beside the stage serving (laughs) as a manager. But my goal was to just, um, you know, why I, I, I love performing and I love entertaining is because my goal was always to be able to take people away from their shit 
for an hour, two hours, 20 minutes, so they can get immersed into this comedy, into this drama, into this whatever, but was just not their shit because we had enough then <laughs> to worry about. Um, so when I started looking for employment, um, uh, cause I just wasn't happy. I was working some serving jobs. It just what like, now I say it wasn't bringing me joy, but I didn't, that's not where my mindset was of understanding that at the time. I just knew I wanted something more. I saw a posting for Diesel Playhouse, um, which was another theater place that you could have food. And that was where my, my realization was that I just wanted to be around creation and making people happy and impacting people in some sort of way. But I didn't really know how to handle that yet. So I started moving forward, got into working at Second City. Oh, actors and comedians have a very um, unhealthy lifestyle. There was a lot of alcoholism in my community. There was a lot of, um, you know, spending our paychecks. It's very much like the restaurant industry. If you worked in yeah. that, it's like, okay, we just worked till three. Let's have some drinks on the bar. Like, yeah. it's just not a healthy cycle. And even then, I kind of knew that this, it just didn't fit right. Like, I was, ha I was happy, but I didn't really ever feel like I had a good group of friends. Like, if I was down in the dumps, I was like, I don't even know really who I'd call right now. Like, these are my, really my drinking buds. Like, am I, let's talk about our pipe dream stories of these plays and movies that we're going to write and then forget about it tomorrow because we were all hungover. Um, <laughs> so, needless to say, I, in, two, two, uh, in uh, 2012, at the uh, tender age of 29, um, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Now, at this point, I was actually starting to implement a healthier lifestyle. I was trying to be more active. I was trying to not drink as much at work. I was, and I wasn't, I wasn't an alcoholic. Like I was, I drank more than I should, but I like, maybe I would, I don't know. I was, I, whatever, it doesn't matter. Point of the matter is, is I knew I needed to make a health change. And I was in the process of a health change. And I got diagnosed with type one diabetes. My entire life I thought, oh, maybe I'll get it when I'm pregnant. Cause that's what happened with my mom. So, you know, I, there's just a lot of ignorance to everything. What happened then? Full stop on life. Everything I knew, the busybody person that couldn't sit still, could not do anything. I could not grocery shop without fear of a low sugar. I couldn't, because we were still trying to figure everything out. So I sat there trying to, and you know, Dion often says a recovering perfectionist, and I'm sitting there and I'd say to my doctors, okay, give me the rule book. Tell me how to do this diabetes thing. I'm gonna be the best diabetic you ever saw. I'm gonna have my sugars and target. Like I was like, I'm in this to win this. Um, and needless to say, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, but by trying to be that perfect diabetic, I started watching the pounds come on because I was through a miscommunication of how much carb intake I was supposed to be having. I was just consuming more carbohydrates than I needed to, um, though I was maybe choosing healthier options. Um, but with that came depression, came the stages of grief. But I go to this dark place because I've been down there and it's a sad and scary place. We had to move back into my parents' basement. It was literally a sad, scary down basement place. My parents' place is not scary. Um, but I was almost 30. I had uh, just uh, become engaged to who's now my, the man who's now my husband. And what was I going to do? I can't act. I can't work. Um, I was a contract worker my whole life. I didn't have EI. Um, and I really started being like, what is my life? What is this? What am I doing anymore? And all those friends that I said were my like drinking pals, I realized were my drinking pals because they weren't there. And I realized, hey, I don't really have a strong community. Some people started popping out of the woodwork, which was, I'm, we'll always be eternally grateful for. But I realized I just, I didn't know who I was and where I was going. So thankfully to a beautiful friend of mine by the name of Daniel Stolfi, um, he had actually recovered from cancer. And how he got himself out of his dark, scary place was comedy. He wrote a beautiful, beautiful um, 
me to play, which I think Cancer Can't Dance Like This, which came to um, our area um, a few times. And we sat down, and I'll never forget the day. And he, we had this interesting conversation of, I feel so sorry for you because you had cancer. Oh, I feel so sorry for you because you have diabetes. And the perspective shifted. And I just started looking at life differently. And I started looking at the, the comedy. And I started, so that started being my first step out was like, find some joy from this. As weird as that sounds, guys, is like, find some joy. Find something to laugh about. Find the humor in it. It's my reality. It will likely be my reality the entire, my entire life until some scientists develop some, you know, robotic pancreas that saves me, changes the world. Um, but at the end of the day, it was like, I needed to start thinking, grasping onto something. And then past that became, um, you know, I was introduced to the uh, nutrition and the, the community that I've, I've, I'm with now and I've been proudly with now for over four years, which introduced me to the concept of uh, a group of people that lift you up <laughs> and mm -hmm. support you and want to see you win with no gain. Um, I got introduced to how to eat properly, how to get my body moving, but most importantly, the beauty of mindset. I say all the time, magic is in the mindset. There's a couple of gals on, uh, on my team here and it's like, it's so vital. When I pull back the, all the layers of my transformations over the years, the biggest, most important change that I've made is my mindset. And I truthful, truly mean that that is what is getting me through all of this, all of this. I am high risk. I'm a type one diabetic. I struggle from asthma, especially when I'm sick. Yay. Uh, <laughs> I have, you know, I, I live with a, a young child. My husband, thank God, is now 14 days from being back from Florida. That was scary. Uh, so <laughs> we've gotten through that quarantine. But if I hadn't clicked into that mindset then and created a practice and introduced myself beyond our community to people like Dion, to people like other people on this call, um, I don't know how I could have got through some of the ebbs and flows I've had. You know, I, I continue to, to be able to work with people that lift me up and my goal is to do the same for other people. And there's, and it, it's amazing when I look now at times of struggle, um, I'm a very transparent person. If you haven't figured that out, some of you are on my Facebook, so you know that. Um, I had a miscarriage uh, about a uh, just over a year ago. And it's funny when people say those little things that happen in our lives prepare you for those traumatic moments. Because if I didn't, hadn't figured out how to process grief and process stuff, like no one has the rule book. Everyone processes it differently. And I'm not here to say, here, you know, the, the recovering perfectionist, here's a rule book of just, you know, getting over grief. It's not, that doesn't work. That doesn't happen. Um, but if I hadn't done that due diligence over the last few years, I don't know if I would have made it through that. Um, there's been other obstacles within my life since that. I'm not going to go on all day about, about it. But the thing that always brings me back to let's have the craziest energy bounce around to those insane songs like high hopes and all these things is, is it can get better. It is, there is a lesson in it as crappy and as terrible as things can feel and get, even in this whole thing we're going through right now, there's something to be learned. There's something to grow from what I'm seeing. Cause I choose to see it a certain way. I made the choice to see connection like this that we're on right now. I see People, I was going to try and play a clip. Of, I saw another one from Spain of this man playing piano on, on his porch and all of the, the people on their porches coming together. Like, I don't know about you guys, but it makes me tingle. It makes me so happy that we're connecting again. 
We're finding ways to find joy. We're being intentional with moments. All these things that I've started to kind of get a hold of myself over the last few years is now like, oh, you thought you were ready? Now you're ready. Like, now try. <laughs> but at the same time, is giving yourself grace to cry, to experience, to be sad, to, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine. We were saying that this whole journey that we're all on is really like the stages of grief right? And, and the end place is acceptance. And, and acceptance in a way of, and this is to quote you, Dion, is acceptance till we land to our, 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 our temporary now, to our current now, where we're at right now, which is temporary. This too shall pass. We just have to keep that mindset strong that we will get past. I know there's people on this call that have immune issues. I know people that are scared because trust me, I'm in your shoes, but we have to breathe allow ourselves to have those feelings and, and believe it, like write it on the wall. Mel Robbins, I click in with her right before this call every single day. And she had us write the other day. Um, oh gosh, I hope I'm going to quote it right. I'll, I'll post it later so you guys can see it is, uh, I am okay. And if I keep a positive attitude, I will win. And personally, I've written that on two of my mirrors that have already served as checkpoints for me multiple times in the last four days yeah because right now we are okay and if we keep our positive mindset we will win i believe that so i don't know if that that was kind of all over it's all good <laughs> it's all good um i i knew who i was going to be talking to today so it's 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 uh it's awesome i there's so many points i mean i was making notes because um uh, well because you're awesome and I really wanted to highlight something that has really been resonating with me recently. Um, and it's actually, so for those of you who are part of the 100 Women on Fire community, it is meant to be a part of our event, whenever that happens. And it's happening, just whenever that happens. Um, is this idea of, of processing grief as part of growth and positive transformation. So in this moment today, um, or at any point in our lives, it's being able to release the identity, our, self, our sense of self that was in order to be open and capable of accepting who we are yet to be. And um, it, it's something that needs to be done, even if what you're stepping into is something you know is better or that you know, you know, so, or that you, what you're leaving was great. Like the, the life I had a week ago was great and I'm stepping into this unknown space and I have to grieve what was great. Um, even if there's potential that what I'm going to have is also going to be great. Like the, it's, we really do need to go through these processes. And I, I've noticed, especially since we are connecting uh, daily and, and then I've been checking in with myself knowing that, you know, I'm going to be showing up and I want to be able to know who I'm bringing to the table. Um, I've really noticed myself going through these stages. So, um, and I'm, I'm not necessarily going to get them all in order, but, uh, you know, anger and denial and bargaining. Um, and I think I'm missing one and, but then to get to acceptance, but then to recognize that once we get to acceptance, that's temporary and tomorrow's a new day. So it's almost like we have to be going through this process regularly and getting more comfortable with allowing ourselves to feel where we are so that, and knowing that we're just, we're going through a, a cycle and almost in, like a never ending circle. And that every time we take a turn, we learn. 
and that the, and I've said this before, it's almost like a spiral, right? So it's not that you keep coming back to the same place over and over again. It's that you are moving up with more and more knowledge and more and more strength and more and more capacity to handle uh, the challenges that, that, that we're facing. And um, that's definitely something that I've seen in my you know, being a, an observer of your journey as, you know, a, as a love of learning uh, individual. And again, I, I attract y'all like it's my job. Um, and uh, to be able to see that, yes, you know what, I have been through crap before, but the woman who's facing it now is not the woman that faced it yesterday. Um, uh, sorry, I asked what expectations of normal am I letting go of today? That is an, that's a brilliant question. Thank you, Teresa. So she, in the comments, she's written, uh, what expectations of normal am I letting go of today? Um, because today is not what it was yesterday and tomorrow will not be today. And, and so letting go of this idea of, uh, normal. And I, so for me, I, I equate the word normal really because everybody's normal is different, but I equate it to what we're used to. Right, and so our habits of living, our habits of thinking, our habits of feeling, um, and uh, it's interesting. I was listening to the podcast I did with Holly. Hi, Holly, uh, <laughs> and which I shared, and I was I had talked about. You know, we think, you know, eighty thousand thoughts a day, and ninety percent of those we thought yesterday, and the day before, and the day before, and the day before. So now we're faced with so much new information, and we're literally thinking brand new thoughts that we have to be willing to let go of the ones that we were just used to thinking. Same thing with our feelings and, and same thing with our behaviors. I think and, one thing that, um, sorry if I can interject oh, on no. that, is, <laughs> is, well, with the expectations of normal, I think what, what has helped me truly is, and, and believe me, I'm not perfect at this. I, yeah, there's no perfect. I don't believe in perfect. I believe in progress. I don't even why I use, it's like a swear word in my mindset. Uh, but but um is and I hesitate to use the word routine but it is a little bit of a loose routine is like like I've started as of yesterday I made the intention um of I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna put on adult clothes and I'm going to maybe put on makeup maybe not we're still we'll still see how the day goes I do have an infant that gets me lets me have limited sleep again giving myself grace in some of those things but saying okay these are the things that I'm gonna have kind of even if it's just my three meals and my stack time, and this is the time that I move my butt, and this is the time that I sit down with my husband once the kids are asleep, we talk, even if it's 1.30 in the morning, and that's our check-in time. Having some sort of rhythm um, and routine is just, it's, it's so helpful because I look back even on the days of past so far and the days where I started falling down the rabbit hole of social media and all those things is the day where I was a bit more loosey-goosey with it and was like, Jamie and I, we just don't watch a lot of movies. We don't watch a lot of TV. We don't even have cable. Like we, now we have Disney plus, thank God, because it's keeping our toddler entertained so we can breathe occasionally. Um, but the days that we were like, we're just going to like sit. And I, and I, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to use the word victim, but like letting ourselves just overcome with it all um, are the days that it's harder to get back up. And it's, and all of the thoughts come in. And I know for me as a former um, super, uh, like I used to have like pretty bad anxiety issues. I used to suffer from panic attacks that I've been able to work through over the last few years, but that's where I started getting myself in danger zone of falling back into those traps. So those routines of like, those are what I kind of hold on from whatever normal was, but, mm -hmm. but, but luckily because of having a toddler and having worked on the fact that normal changes, um, it's giving yourself grace that, you know, some days you just do want to sit on the couch and do nothing and that's okay. 
Absolutely. And so what's popping up for me, and I'm so grateful to the uh, Holly and Kate and Christine that, that are talking in the, in the chat about uh, routines and schedules and setting sort of some framework. Um, so a teacher friend of mine posted this great post that I really appreciated um, because, of course, there's some fear about now I've got to have to teach my children. Oh my God. Um, and Mel, maybe tomorrow when, tomorrow, yes, tomorrow when we're chatting, we could talk a little bit about what that looks like and, and, and structure around education. But she said a word that you just said that really resonated with me is this idea of rhythm. Um, because I can set schedules. I set like four of them. I'm really good at making schedules and, uh, and, and to-do lists and things like that. But and then of course, I don't know how my days are playing out right now. Like I'm still trying to figure out my kids' rhythms and my mother-in-law and my husband and then my own. And having this grounding point in the middle of the day has been really helpful. And I, I, I've been noticing, I, I've been allowing myself to step into a rhythm that feels right. So I used to work out at six in the morning and now my classes are offered at nine. And I'm like, I don't think I can do that because that's not part of my normal schedule. And so there's nothing at six. So I'm fucked. I'm just going to like sit here on the couch and drink more coffee. And so for the first week, that's what I did. Um, and then I was like, but I want to move my body. And, and then I found, I'm like, oh, that can work for me. And I noticed that every day I put out an email right before we call with this call to give everybody the, the info. And I noticed I, I literally send it at 11, 11 every day. And I'm not doing that on purpose. And <laughs> if you believe in the 11, 11 thing, I'm like, I gotta fucking take a picture of that. But just the fact that it's the same time, I was like, oh, this feels good to be here now. And so that's what I've been paying attention to. And it's helping me establish a schedule that works with my energy now. And it works with the energy of my home. Um, we're late up people as far as my kids go. So I go to bed early as a grown up. They go to bed late as children and we go to bed at the same time. So, um, you know, working with that now, cause you know, we, they don't need to get up super early and Anyway, I like this idea of flow and rhythm to step into a schedule by all means setting a routine and then reflecting on if it's working or not, right? Because today's a new day. And if it's not working, almost having to go through that grief process of being like, I need to let that go. The normal, like Teresa said, the normal of today, yesterday is what I need to let go of that because that, that is now I need to do something new. Um, and always I come back to what matters most to you and how you show up. So, you know, going back to those values, going back to feeling the way you want to feel and, and doing more of that every day. So for some of us in the room that may be moving more, you know, we might be choosing to go outside two, three times a day or moving our bodies differently. It could be more cuddle time or more reading time, whatever it is for you. Um, I think that that's really, really crucial. I think too, oh. you'd, um, one of the things that's really, uh, I've noticed too, that's really been a, a key factor. And, and this is just like before all this too, was just the gratitude practice. Um, I talk about this a lot with, um, with some of our team of, and, and, and reminding to myself, especially in, in stressful, on stressful days is, is remembering to be grateful. And, and what are we grateful for? There's always something to be grateful for. The fact that we're all on this call and we're, we have breath, we can breathe, we, we're alive. You know, I think Kate, you were mentioning the other day, I was at the no borders thing too, or like Dion's thing where it's like jumping out of the bed and be like, hello day. Like, <laughs> I love that stuff because there is always something to be grateful for, even on the hardest days. And um, we've started at, for, at the end of the day is um, 
that we've, we now are having a very intentional family dinners and we started introducing the gratitude practice at the dinner table to my three and a half year old. Usually he's just grateful for toys and his grilled cheese sandwich, but you know, we're working on it. Uh, awesome. we got parent, we got, we got family one time, which was very shocking. Uh, <laughs> but it's just, it's in those moments and is, is that gratitude. But, um, you mentioned to me offline about, and I hope it's okay that I segue to this, to the create um, yeah. component is like, I found, I find, um, I feel felt found, uh, <laughs> um, when we, uh, give ourselves, um, the, Jamie and I've talked a lot about goals and goals, especially now at this stage of things can be hard to think past, like, well, what's the point of thinking big and beyond and, and limitation without limitation when, you know, we don't know what tomorrow brings, but bringing it home just a little bit and just saying, okay, what are some goals, um, I can tackle this week? Or what are some things I've wanted to do that I can tackle this week? And it doesn't mean, like, for example, one of the ones that we discussed, him and I, was I want, like, I'm an Italian that doesn't speak Italian. I still have a 98-year-old grandmother who's, thank God, still with us. Um, and we can't interact anymore. We could when I was little. So it all, it's breaking my heart for my 37, well, I guess I spoke to those five, third, the last 32 years that I can't interact with her. I can't share moments. So I downloaded Duolingo and I take 10 minutes a day and I am learning Italian. It'll take me a long time, but I've been talking about it, guys. I've been talking about it forever. And it's one little thing that instead of going down the spiral of the rabbit hole of news, I can focus on, uh, I was going to try some, but I don't want to butcher it. If anyone can speak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love it. I love the idea. I mean, I'm a huge advocate of creativity and creativity, like anything that encourages you to be, to do something incorrectly messy in the newness, right? So uh, for me, I chose some, the, the art path. And when I was early on in my journey, I was like, I'm going to draw, I'm going to paint. And I'm, and I sucked and I still suck in many ways, but it doesn't matter because it's about the process, but it could be creating anything. It could be, you know, hands in the dirt. It could be, um, just tr- like, I'm going to learn Italian and just heads up. My entire family just came in. So this should be interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, the idea of getting good at perspective shifting and challenging yourself to be creative for 10 minutes is an excellent pattern interrupt. So if you're not familiar with that term, pattern interrupt literally means to interrupt the current pattern you're running. So habits of thought and, you know, you, you a trigger, like I woke up in the morning and then you run a pattern or uh, somebody said this to me and I run a pattern and it could include jumping on social media, numbing, maybe I, that can't just be me, um, and, and finding a way to mm-hmm. disconnect from whatever the trigger was. A pattern interrupt like Mel Robbins, five, four, three, two, one. That's a pattern interrupt. Jump off the couch, rocket yourself somewhere. It's why Tony Robbins says fuck all the time. Like it's anything that's going to make you go, well, that's new. Uh, and as soon as you shift, as soon as your brain goes, that's new. Now you're in a whole different lane and, and hi, thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay, bye bye, sweetheart. I love you. <laughs> anyway, uh, Lucy, say hi to everybody. Hi. <laughs> hi. I want to hear you. No, you can't hear them because it's in my ears. So I love you. Okay. <laughs> That's enough. Bye bye. Go see Gammy. Take your water. Okay. Um, pattern interrupt right here is great. <laughs> so I'm now going to do it in, in a whole new way. Um, but literally, from a brain, how your brain works, it's it's brilliant. So you in of your the, the act of 
stepping outside your norm to learn Italian will probably enhance your capacity to learn Italian because you're giving your brain the opportunity to be creative and practicing the skill of being creative, practicing the skill of perspective shifting, practicing the skill of doing things incorrectly. So, and doing it in a, and you, and you get to control it. Like, that's what I think is fast. It's, it's, it's a great thing. Instead of rec- like being in crisis and going, I have to pivot now, but I don't know how. Well, now we get to practice that skill in this, in this sort of space space. Like yeah, they're all home now. Like it's this, you want to say <laughs> hi? Okay. You can actually say hi. Hi. I think you're, I think you're, hi, honey. Hello. Okay. Go see Gammy now. Bye. I love you. I think you're right. I think you're right, Dion, as in like, um, it allows you to have something tangible to fall down with, uh, as, which is essentially, I think what you're saying. And it's, uh, <laughs> uh, and it's, it's a really important thing. And, and for those of you that I, I see a lot of faces that I know on this call that are creative types, and maybe it's like, maybe it is creating a, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone and, and creating a, a Zoom workout or a Facebook live workout or getting back to crocheting or, or learning how to crochet or knit or whatever it might be, um, is finding something that maybe you like channel yourself back to that, like five-year-old version of yourself and what your favorite thing to do was. And if it was coloring in a coloring book, go get yourself a coloring book or just make your own on a piece of paper or like color in the newspaper, whatever you can, if you're self-isolating, but find a way to do something that brings you that joy that you can connect with, that pulls you out of the moment allows you to focus in. I used to do, um, before I married my wonderful husband, I used to do uh, uh, paint by numbers when I, after breakups because it was awesome because I had to focus in on something that hadn't like had direction, but I could let myself play in it. So it was amazing. I remember just sitting there and being like, I was like, who, who was like, you know what I mean? Like finding that distraction, um, but not letting go away because your brain is still processing. You're still living through that stuff. But there's something I find about having that little bit of a distance and distraction that, that I always found really helped as well. I don't know. I was trying to help you a little bit there. <laughs> I can I can relate. I'm not downstairs. Lincoln would be on my shoulders right now. <laughs> um, I apologize, and I know that nobody requires me to apologize for that. Um, oh, and then every time I mute. So can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. Good. Um, I, again, whatever works for you, whatever you can find, whatever, anything. And then I've also, I remember, um, so Deborah was talking about this yesterday about all the different creative centers and different groups that you can join and people are offering up creative space and, um, and, and tools and strategies and printables and things like that. I mean, now is the time to try to figure out what it is that lights you up. Um, and you know, it's one of those things that often we would say, okay, I'll get to that when I have time. And, and that phrase will stay with you no matter how empty your day is. So if you continue to say or or believe or run any of those thought patterns, like I, you know, if I had the time, um, if you hold on to that belief, then even now when you're at home, you'll fill your time with things that don't serve you because that's the habit. So, um, reframing and I have 10 minutes to do the thing, this thing to challenge myself, to be creative, to grow and do all those things. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Letting it be step-by-step. You know what I mean? Like, like if, if, for example, we started a podcast, Jamie and I on the whim, cause we've yeah. been talking about it forever. And it's like, you know, we'll, we're not setting a schedule. It doesn't have to go out every Thursday at four. 
we're setting a schedule, releasing when we, when we feel like we want to release, when we have something to say. Because that's what works for us right now, being home with two kids and trying to, you know, we are a stay-at-home business. We're trying to help our team grow through all of this craziness, both mentally and financially. Like, we've got responsibilities. Our family, our team is our family, um, as well as our family family. <laughs> but we also, we needed that creative outlet. So, uh, yeah, I just digressed for no reason. I'll throw it back to you. It's all good. Awesome. Um, <laughs> does anybody have any... Uh, thank you, Deanna. I mean, I, I love chatting with you uh, uh, all the time and, and I'm grateful that we had this chance to, to share a little bit of your insight and wisdom and, and your journey um, with everybody today. Does anybody have any questions, uh, comments, anything you want to share uh, other than what you've been doing in the, in the chat, which is, which is fantastic? Anybody have anything to add? Oh, what's your business, Deanna? Oh, what's my business? I'm a health and wellness coach aligned with Herbalife. So I help people um, get in the best shape of their lives in mind, body, and soul. Uh, I always like to say some, you know, former version of my, like, with what we're, the situation right now, my goal is just to help people be healthy. There's, you know, and, and not have the stress of what's happening at the grocery stores and making sure we're fueling ourselves with um, all the vitamins and nutrients and, and minerals we need. We, we are considered still an essential service. So um, I'm able to help people just uh, continue the routines that they've had in place to have some sense of normalcy and feel the best version of them. So um, I feel very lucky and blessed to uh, do what I do. Um, and uh, yeah, that's what I, what I do. And I am happy to post the, the, the link for you as well. Awesome. Feel free to reach out. I'm on Facebook, Wellness Coach D, um, and uh, we can connect offline too. Holy moly. All right. I, uh, we've got a couple of minutes. Happy to open the floor. I do want to send you home with a reflective question, as I always do. So um, to go back to, so 7.30 every Thursday. Thank you, Deanna. Um, to go back to our chat about creativity. I would love for you to reflect on um, how you're going to show up creatively today. And, or if you've already engaged in that, if you already engaged in something new uh, for yourself, then reflect on what that was like and how it felt for you. And beyond the, it was uncomfortable, but what, what was the gain? And how now looking back at the thing that you did that was a little bit challenging or uncomfortable, um, how can you see uh, the, that having engaged in that process, how is it going to benefit you moving forward? And a part of that is always about reinforcing what it is that you do want. So if you're engaging in some new activity, if you're being challenged to grow, it, recognize how that is happening and that it is moving you forwards, moving in the direction that you want. And then what you'll do is literally start building a stronger network in your mind around what it is that you do want. So it becomes easier to engage in that kind of creative problem solving, innovative activity or mindset. Um, because I think really that's what we're going to be, that's what we need now. The same solutions we've been using over and over again are not going to work because our problems are changing day to day. So how do we come up with more innovative and uh, a problem solving mindset um, is by practicing being creative, practicing what um, NASA studied uh, a group of five-year-olds and found that 1,600 five-year-olds, 98% of them were at the genius level for innovation. Um, and so we just have to pretend like we're five and do creative, crazy things and ask interesting questions that go beyond what we think is possible or normal. So that is my 
That is my ask for you today, your reflective question. How will you show up creatively today? Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness.